Come on. The time is right. The time is now. Welcome to Lifeblood. Be well and welcome our guest, strong and powerful Jessica Brubaker. Jessica, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Excited to have you on. Jessica is a LPC. That's a licensed professional counselor, I'm assuming, Jessica. That is She's correct. a clinician, a therapist at Transitions Counseling and Consulting. Again, I'm excited to have you on. Jessica, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Well, you know, my personal life and my work sometimes intersect. Um, I am the clinical director over here at Transitions Counseling and Consulting. So what that means is that I um, see people individually and I also supervise all of the clinicians across our practice um, and oversee all of the programs that we do. Um, I, before I was a therapist, I was a teacher, so I have a really big heart for mentorship. And so I'm kind of, I always say my goal is to try to grow quality clinicians. Um, and so that, that sometimes feels like my whole life, especially at this time right now. But in my personal life, I also, um, dabble with a blog. I also have a podcast that I play with a little bit. It's not as consistent as I would like it to be, but it, it exists out in the universe, um, and then that, I mean, that's kind of it right now. So, uh, just overseeing all of the humans here at transition, <laughs> keep an <laughs> eye on all the human beings. I'm trying. How, 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 how has your life changed from, we're having this conversation on, I should be able to know on, on the 20th, March 20th, okay. a- April, April 20th. What, what day, what a year, what a month is it, Jessica? <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is April 20th, 2021. So how how is how has your life been different over the past year to 14 months? You know, I mean, life in general has been different just because of, you know, global pandemic and all. Um, and I think it's interesting because um, throughout all of this, I think there's a couple of industries, mine included, that actually got busier. You know, the world went on this standstill and mental health is kind of like on the rise, which I am grateful that lots of people are reaching out for help, but it's because so many people are suffering and there's, you know, the coronavirus in itself is an awful, awful thing. And then the fallout of all of the ways that we try to avoid coronavirus with the isolation and closing down of schools and shutting down of jobs and all of those things. Um, there's just a lot of people that are suffering right now. So I think my, my life hasn't changed all that much, but the work has definitely gotten a lot busier. It's definitely gotten a lot, um, more emotional if that's possible in therapy. It's gotten a lot more intense. People are people are really suffering right now. So that I think is probably the biggest difference. Yeah. Yeah. And there there's certainly a a lot there. Um yes. and we've all been going through a lot. Um and I perhaps the most fruitful conversation that you and I can have is is what you and I and everybody else, people who are suffering, people who are, you know, looking around, they say, you know, I'm having a hard time, but I feel like I have it better than a lot of other people. But we all need to be practicing is, is, is the term self-care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Self-care is, it's just like, at its very core, it's really just about your relationship that you have with yourself. And so one of the things that I noticed was that, I mean, human beings are 
are we're wired to be connected. And so there was a lot of like, oh, we're isolated, but I need to take care of my neighbor. I need to take care of my grandma. I need to make sure my kids are in school. I need to make sure you got logged into that Zoom, all of those things. Um, but because everybody was in crisis, all of us just started ignoring our own needs. And that's, I mean, what was hard about everything that happened is that a lot of the things that people do for quote unquote self-care weren't accessible. All of a sudden you couldn't get your monthly pedicure. All of a sudden you couldn't go get a massage. All of a sudden everybody was home. So you can't take a bubble bath because your kids are screaming outside of the door kind of a thing. (laughs) So um, I think that we just sort of like put pause on ourselves um, and then, you know, did some of the things that are, um, about comfort. Like we ate a lot, we watched a lot of Netflix, you know, did all of those things to kind of comfort ourselves, but we stopped doing things that were in the interest of nurturing our relationship with ourselves. Some, in some cases, rightfully so, because other things were more urgent in that moment. But I think that now what I am hoping that people will get back to when we come back to this sense of whatever normalcy is going to be is okay well let's cut let's come back to our relationship with ourselves and let's start to you know do that self-care again yeah go get a pedicure now that salons are open in a safe way um but also it's it's so much more than that and so i think that that's one of the things um that people seem to learn is you can't only do self-care in ways that are outside of you you have to do it in ways that are inside of you as well nice there's a lot of really good stuff there. So I definitely want to circle back on, on, on doing the self-care that is outside of yourself, like the traditional stuff that you were talking about, but then also just just, just internal self-care. Um, is there a way to motivate people to be doing self-care before they burn out, or do people just need to run themselves into the ground and learn it for themselves? Uh, I mean, I think sometimes the only way you learn is through pain. So um, maybe you have to do that once. I hope that people don't have to do that more than once. But I don't think it's a motivation thing. I think it's um, – I don't know if this word totally fits, but I think it's like a self-worth thing in that hmm. we all – whether we are can put words to it or not, we generally believe that other people are more important than us um, instead of equally important to us. And so – instead of taking care of ourselves first so that we can better take care of other people, we just go straight to the other people. And by the time we get to us, it's not motivation. We're just, we're out of energy, you know, like metaphorically and physically. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. Yeah, I think that that's 100% true. And I'm literally reading this book. Um, it's called The Artist's Way. And it's it's all about it's all about just 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 uh, fostering and and inspiring your 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 inner creative. And you wouldn't necessarily think about it, but one of the things that that she talks about is how you need to treat yourself like 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 you are a pre- precious object, and that's sort of what you're talking about is that 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 we don't necessarily have this sense of self worth that we are somebody that is worthy of treating really nicely, and I know that that's true of me. It just really resonated that it's it's in this book about creatives, but it's in every aspect of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I oh I totally agree with that. I think that. Um, 
for the most part, we're pretty good at taking care of our relationships with other people. A friend needs us. We answer the phone. We cook the dinner. We help them move. You know, our our children, our partner, like all of those things, we we have tangible ways to take care of those relationships, but we don't always turn them in on ourselves. We don't always metaphorically answer the phone for ourselves. We don't listen to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We just give it all away. Um, and then there's nothing left. Yeah. The battery will absolutely go to zero and you will be drained. Well, and I think in terms of the, the creative piece of it, I mean, not all human beings identify with being creative, but I don't think that you can be creative unless you give yourself the space to be creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I appreciate that. So hopefully people can, can sort of just as, as, as we move along in our conversation, take pieces of it and start to implement that. Um, but it is tough, right? We, 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 yeah. we, we, we do respond to pain and we put others before ourselves when in fact we just need to be doing a little bit, just, just a little bit for, mm -hmm. for, for ourselves. So um, circling back on, on, on this inner self, self-care, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, I think it looks different for different people. Um, the thing that I had mentioned before is one of the ways that it was so difficult is that the things that we usually do were no longer accessible to us. Um, and I know that was something that I really struggled with, and I preach self-care all day, every day. Um, and so we have to we have to find the thing that works. For some people, it's a gratitude practice. For some people, it's journaling. For some people, it's meditating. For some people, it's sitting in silence and drinking a hot cup of coffee. For some people, it's drinking your coffee on the patio instead of in the kitchen. Like those kinds of things where you go, okay, what is something that nurtures, nurtures my soul? What fills me up? And then actually taking the time to do that as opposed to, yeah, well, I would love to drink my coffee on the patio, but I don't have time for that. Or I'm not going to make time for that. Easy to find and, and default to, well, kind of dismiss it because there's just no way that, that I'm going to be able to fit that into my life. There's, you know, I, yeah, must, must be nice kind of a thing, but how am I supposed to make that happen? Right. When in fact that that is the only, that that's kind of the answer to the question is it's essential that, that you do carve it out. And is it probably part of it is, 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 is a function of, of making sure that you are setting some boundaries. Boundaries are key. Like that, if you don't have boundaries, it doesn't happen. So how do you know? And I think we can certainly unring a bell. We we I guess we can't go back in time, but moving forward, people who are listening say, "Okay, well, I haven't done a good job setting boundaries through COVID, and I've been running myself ragged, and the tail's been wagging the dog." I could probably come up with another analogy or metaphor, but I'm not going to. Um, so how 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 do you counsel people to start thinking about setting personal boundaries? I think it starts with in, in session, it's a conversation. If you're not in session, maybe it's, you know, journaling with yourself. But I think that it starts with, okay, what, what do I want my boundaries to be? Because everybody's life is different. Somebody who has a six month old maybe can't sit down and drink their hot coffee every morning because the baby's crying. And that is, that is quite important. Babies are, you know, relying on us and all of those things. I'm not saying ignore your children, um, <laughs> so that you can drink your coffee. Um, but I think that every, you have to decide like, okay, what is important to me? Number one, and how can this show up in my life? Number two. And so it starts with just making a plan around it. Um, I think that boundaries when I'm talking about boundaries in regards to this, it's mostly just about time. So how much time can I find? So you make a plan 
and then you have to implement the plan, which means maybe you're telling your partner, hey, I really want to spend five minutes drinking my coffee every morning, so if you see me on the patio, like, leave me alone. Like, figure it out, get your own breakfast, don't, like, I don't care that the laundry is beeping, that's my coffee time, I'm going to take five minutes, that's what I'm going to do, leave me alone. So you make a plan, you implement the plan, and then you this is the hardest part for some people. You just do the thing. You just do it. If you are like, I'm going to drink coffee on the patio every morning for five minutes. That's my plan. I tell my partner, leave me alone. Don't talk to me. I'm going to drink my coffee. You have to go out there and do it. And if you hear the laundry ding, you have to let it sit. And that's really uncomfortable for people. <laughs> Yeah, to be able to to actually do the thing that do you committed to yourself, you yeah. told you 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 let everybody else know, like, hey, here 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 here's the deal. I need to have this five minutes or whatever it is, and then to actually sit in it and do it. Yes. And I imagine that that's that like 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 anything else. It's like a muscle, and as you start exercising that, you probably get a little better at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think especially when. If, if this is what we're talking about, people, um, I think this is perhaps true in general and maybe even more true now, we really have trouble sitting in our own self. Like even in COVID, when we were isolated and we were at home, how many people were actually like, I'm going to meditate? No, we all watch Tiger King, right? <laughs> so I we have trouble sitting in our own self. And so I think that that's a really important piece of it to make the plan. This is what I want to do. Here's how I'm going to do it. And now I'm going to actually do it, even if it's uncomfortable, because you're right, it is a muscle. You have to exercise it. And until you get quote unquote good at it, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And that, 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 that's just, that's, that's so true. I'm just trying to think about things um, that I have recently implemented and, and tried and any kind of a change, it's never easy at first, and it is uncomfortable because we're just not used to doing it. And so, giving ourselves that grace to to, to recognize, okay, I'm not going to be perfect at this. I'm probably going to suck at it, but I'm going to stick to it yeah. uh, because I, I know over the long term it's going to be a benefit. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Yeah. Have you found? And I, I know that you're sort you're you're not sort of anything. You are you're just in this world that that mm -hmm. people are becoming more comfortable talking about it about mental health and self-care? Um, it seems to be. Um, it seems it seems to be that people are more comfortable. There's definitely a lot more people reaching out, which I'm super grateful for. I don't I don't think that, you know, COVID created all the suffering. I think that there was suffering before. I just think that in a lot of ways it kind of pushed us to that point where we're like, oh, I actually do need help. Um, so I do think that people are becoming more comfortable talking about it. But I also like my greatest wish for the world is that, you know, the therapy and the self-care and all of those things would start happening before we were suffering. Mm -hmm. It would be something that we implemented in into kids, into elementary school classrooms, into like our whole life so that it's not there's a problem self-care is how I fix it or therapy is how I fix it or coping is how I fix it. My greatest wish is that it's self-care is what I do because I matter and I'm important. And that's the thing that helps me tolerate the problems when they come up. Yeah. That's really well said right there. And I could certainly echo that, that for myself just over the past 
probably two or three years that uh, I've I've grown a, a, just a, a far deeper appreciation for everything that we've been talking about and practicing self-care and recognizing that it is a super important thing to do and to put boundaries in place and it's okay to talk about. In fact, it's essential to talk about when you're struggling with something um, to helpfully normalize these things so that people are more open to engaging with counselors and therapists and other mental health professionals because it is such an important thing. So Yes. I love it. Well, Jessica, people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, I so I've been thinking about this all morning because I wasn't exactly sure um, where to go with this. So I'm going to go two ways, and we sort of already touched on it. The first one, difference-making tip is boundaries in the idea of time boundaries. If you want to do a thing, coffee, bath, pedicure, whatever, you have to set aside time for it because otherwise you're just going to end up wishing, I wish I got a pedicure. I wish I, you know, had my car. I, w- I wish I did all of these things. So you have to put boundaries around your time. And when I talk about boundaries, that's really with regard to self-care at least. Um, that's really what I'm talking about is boundaries around your time so that you can make sure to spend the time doing it. So that, that is one way. And then, um, The idea of mindfulness kind of gets thrown around a lot. I think people sort of associate that a lot with meditation, but I, in this vein, I, I sort of want to say you have to, you have to set aside the time and you have to be mindful of the fact that you did it because it's really, really easy for us to get into this routine. Um, so I, you know, set an alarm, write a note for yourself, put a big post-it on your refrigerator, whatever you have to do so that you can get yourself into the moment and remember, oh, that's right. I decided I was going to do a gratitude practice every morning. I can't forget to do that. I need to sit down right now and do it. So boundaries around your time and being mindful of the plan that you've made so that you can execute it. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on. Come on. I love it. I think that that, it's just so important. I I wrote down when, if something's important enough, you need to actually schedule it. because we yeah. can all point to things in our lives that I have the best of intentions to actually do, but unless it finds its way onto my calendar, uh, then it really just doesn't get done. Then it is just wishing. Yes, that is true. But I'm on a hope trip, Jessica, and hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. <laughs> make a plan. I love it. <laughs> well, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? So if you are looking for counseling services, you can find us at transitionscounselingandconsult.com. We treat adults and adolescents for general mental health and eating disorders, so that's a good place to reach out there. If you're interested in me specifically, um, you can find my blog and my podcast. It's called Brutiful Journey at brutifuljourney.com. It's also on all of the podcast um, platforms. I love it. Give me the websites again. Give me the, it's Transitions Counseling. Transitions Counseling and Consult.com. It's like the world's longest website. Consult.com. And then mm-hmm. Brutiful. How do, Brutiful how, Journey, like Brew Baker. Got it. B-R-U-T-A-F-U-L. Journey? T-I-F-U-L. Oh, spelling. Right. Okay. That's okay. Brutifuljourney.com. Brutifuljourney.com. Perfect. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Jessica your yeah. appreciation. And share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to transitionscounselingandconsult.com and brutifuljourney.com. Check out the great resources. Thanks again, Jessica. Absolutely. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.